Welcome in on a Tuesday night, 8.15 on August the 30th, 2022, season three, first episode of the Jock of All Trades podcast. We have a new co-host uh, joining the show um, on a permanent basis, and hopefully Antonio and Dominic will continue to make guest appearances, but our new co-host is Michael Gluck. Michael, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, good. So, so Michael's going to be with us on a weekly, monthly basis moving forward, and uh, looking forward to having him and his takes and you know getting into college football and all the other sports that are going to be coming along here in the next couple months. So we're going to dive right into it on the first episode um, of season three. We're going to be talking all college football. We have, it was week zero last week. This week is week one of the college football season. We're going to be breaking down the top 25, the preseason top 25 teams. We're going to be giving our takes on what teams are overrated and underrated, you know, what teams to watch out for and what players to watch out for. In our second segment, we're going to be talking about breaking down Michigan State, Michigan Wolverines, and Notre Dame, uh, talking about their schedules, record predictions, players to watch out for, teams to watch out for, breakout players, and talking about their coaching staffs. And lastly, to wrap up the episode, we're going to go around the NCAA. We're going to be giving our predictions for the Power 5 championship games, the two teams that will make the Power 5 championship games talk about our predictions for the college football playoff, what four teams would make the playoff. And lastly, who's going to be in New York City for the Heisman presentation. So without further ado, uh, let's get into this. Um, so, so Michael, like talking about the uh, preseason top 25 in college football, um, were there any teams that stood out to you that you thought, man, why is this team in in – the preseason top 25 and what teams outside of the top 25 were you shocked were not there? Yeah. Let's start with number six, Texas A&M. Uh -huh. You know, they had the top recruiting class, broke records. Yeah. But, you know, it's one thing to be good in high school, but how will these, how will these guys play together at the next level? Yeah. And then throw in, they're in the SEC, tough schedule. It might not all gel. And... Six just seems a little too high for an unproven team. With a new quarterback, so their quarterback that beat, I want to say they were 8-4, and 9-3 last year. They didn't really have a great season last year, but they beat Alabama. Zach Calzada, I think, is at, he's gone. He's not, I think he, man, he might be at Auburn maybe. I'm not sure, but he's not at Texas A&M anymore. So they got a new quarterback. Um, they got a lot of new players. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has not done much at Texas A&M, so I, Totally agree with you on that. Um, one of the teams that stood out to me was Utah at number seven. And for me, I think Utah is going to be really good. Um, they open up the season this weekend, maybe even Monday night. I don't know if it's Sunday or Monday at Florida, at the Swamp, in Gainesville. Um, I think that could be a really good game. And also, I think Utah is by far the best team in the Pac-12. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on Utah. But they, at number seven, they really popped out to me. Why don't we continue with overrated? And I'm going to say Pittsburgh at number 17. Didn't get that either. Yep. So they return, you know, 15 starters. They got a solid defense, but they lose their best players. Kenny Pickett to the draft. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. To Addison USC. To USC, yeah. Uh, and they lost their offensive coordinator. And Narduzzi's complaining that they don't run the ball enough. 
and clearly that philosophy didn't work. And mediocre seasons, his first three or four seasons at Pittsburgh. Yep. So, you know, if they go back to that running philosophy, I could expect another seven, eight win season out of Pittsburgh. Cincinnati to me, Cincinnati had, I want to say, nine guys drafted in the in, in, in the draft this year for Cincinnati for for them to have nine guys drafted, that's pretty unbelievable. Um, for them to be ranked 23rd, I thought it was kind of crazy because I don't know how you replace, you know, Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, um, all the guys that were drafted on that team at Cincinnati. You know, it's not like they're Alabama or Georgia when they're, you know, you can lose nine guys to the draft, but you just reload every year. Um, so Cincinnati kind of shocked me as well. Um, one other team that I think is going to be really good, I think that they could win – the ACC is North Carolina State. North Carolina State, I'm glad Notre Dame's not playing them this year. North Carolina State, I think, is returning either 21 and, or maybe they're all of their starters. Um, uh, they're a veteran team. They're just like Utah. Uh, they play in the ACC. They don't have to play Clemson. So uh, I think they could really, at the end of the day, they could be there you know, in the final six, final eight, you know, with talking about a – college football playoff yeah i'd say the same about wisconsin they're at 18 right now you know they got one of the best running backs in the country braylon mm -hmm. allen mm -hmm. veteran quarterback graham mertz yeah you know their defense is always great that's typical of wisconsin football yeah you know you could see them two losses in the big 10 west championship or title and you know playing in the big 10 championship and you know looking for a spot near sixth bowl 18 just seems a little low to me I don't see, yeah, I don't see them going to a New York Six Bowl. They have to go to Ohio State. They have to go to Michigan State. They have to go to Iowa. Um, they have Minnesota at home, um, and that's a rivalry game, the last game of the year. But, I mean, going to Kinnick in Iowa, going to Spartan Stadium in East Lansing, and going to Ohio Stadium in Columbus, I don't see, I think Graham Mertz was overrated, is overrated. Yeah, Spraylon Allen is a beast. I don't know who they're returning on their offensive line, but they're always they're always solid up front. They always have good linebackers. I just don't, you know, uh, you know, they're home against Purdue. I I think Purdue's going to be pretty good. So, would not surprise me if Wisconsin was ten and two, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were eight and four either. Kind of like Michigan State, and we'll get into that in the next segment. I mean, there's kind of those games that, like, they either make or break you. Um, talking about. Um, you know, what teams to watch out for based on, like, like their ease of schedule. And, you know, when you talk about the SEC, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Texas A&Ms, you know, you have to have a perfect season to be able to make it to the college football playoff. You know, you can't have any hookups, hiccups. Um, someone like Ohio State, to me, you know, Ohio State has to play Notre Dame this weekend, which they should win. Um, but if they get past Notre Dame, I mean – Ohio State, you know, could run the table. Um, I don't know. I mean, besides Michigan and Michigan State, they have to go to Michigan State. They have Michigan at home. That could be ugly. You know, what are your thoughts on teams based on schedule, if they can, you know, run the table or not, just just based on their schedule? Well, another team that has to go through Notre Dame, USC. Mm -hmm. You know, they play in a week Pac-12. They have an easy non-conference schedule. They play at Utah, and they host Notre Dame to end the year. You know, they should easily have 10 wins with head coach Lincoln Riley, new quarterback Caleb Williams, yeah. and Jordan Addison coming in. Yeah. That's going to be an electric offense. And, you know, two tough games, potentially 
10 wins, maybe more, could see them compete for the Pac-12 title. Yeah, the Notre Dame game, like that is a huge, uh, like, like that's one of Notre Dame's biggest rivals. It's always the last game of the year. They have Notre Dame at home. Um, the Pac-12 is going to suck. What I like about US, I, I don't like about USC is, but they have to go to Utah. And that could be, in the middle of October, that could be a problem. Um, like besides at Utah and home against Notre Dame, uh, that's it. You know, they could, I totally agree with you. And USC's not ranked either. Or, or, or no, they're 14th? 14. I didn't see them there. Yeah, so I couldn't agree more. USC could could be a problem there at the end of the season. Um, like, just, just talk about, like, going down to Alabama real quick. In, in Tuscaloosa, they have Utah State, which U of M is playing them here. But then they have to go at Texas. And that's at, I want to say that's at Jerry's World. Um what do you think about Texas? Because that's one of those teams that are, are always, are always well, they aren't in the top 25, I don't think. Um, yeah, they're not. But but they could, like, that's another team that always recruits well, always has players. Um, but, like, they didn't get any love in the preseason. But they never perform. That's exactly why. They right. bring in, you know, former top recruit from Iowa State, Quinn Ewers. Yep. But... You know, Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, they got a tough schedule and they never perform. I wouldn't be surprised if they won seven games. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they broke through and they win 10 games. But yep. to me, Texas is not back. Yeah. So talking about Bama, so they're at Texas, they're at Arkansas. And, you know, like Ar Arkansas is one of those teams that has been on the rise in the SEC. You know, like they could have a good year, but I don't see Bama losing to them. Um, so Bama's going to be home against Texas A&M, and that's going to be must-watch TV with everything that went on with Jimbo and Nick Saban. Um, Bama has to go to LSU, who's also unranked. Brian Kelly is, is, is unranked. They were number one in the transfer portal this year in the offseason. They pretty much overhauled their whole roster. They got the best wide receiver in the country. They got a couple guys battling for the quarterback spot. Would not surprise me to see LSU have a good year either. Um, they're not getting a lot of love, but, you know, I watched Brian Kelly the last 10 years at Notre Dame, and the guy wins games. Um, and then to wrap up the year, they're at Ole Miss in the third to last week, and that could be another tough game at the Grove. So, so Bama's got to go at Ole Miss, at Arkansas, at Texas, and then they're, they're home against Texas A&M uh, and Auburn. At LSU, at LSU too. And at LSU. So, that schedule itself, like I said, like the SEC teams just beat each other up. Like, it's 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 a, a game almost every week. It's unbelievable. Um, one team to watch out for too in in the Big Twelve for me is is Baylor. So Baylor, um, I really like Dave Aranda as a coach. I, I really compare him a lot to Marcus Freeman. He's defensive minded. He's a winner. The players play for him. Um, they don't really have that tough of a schedule. Um, right now they're, I mean, the big games I see is they're home against Oklahoma state. Um, they have Texas, they're at Texas and they're at Oklahoma. So if Baylor can win a few games, that could be another team that was right there at the end last year too. So like, are there any more teams that you see that, you know, could show out or teams that you think might bust? I hate to say it, but the Michigan Wolverines, you know, they have, per usual, a joke of a non-conference schedule. Mm -hmm. 
They don't leave home until October. Yeah. I mean, their tough games are at Iowa. They host Penn State. They host Michigan State. And then they end the year at Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. But, you know, say they're undefeated going into that game against Ohio State. Does a loss keep them out of the playoff? I don't see them undefeated at the end of the season. I mean. I hope not. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, those are all wins. You know, home against Maryland, that's a win. Uh, at Iowa, I mean. Probably who, a win. Yeah. I mean, at Indiana, they're the worst team in the Big Ten, I think. So, uh, they're home against Penn State. Yeah, Penn State never beats them in Ann Arbor. And then they have Michigan State. I thought they were at Michigan State. They're home against Michigan State? They're home against Michigan State. Maybe, man. I, I, I Like, they got lucky without having to play Wisconsin, without having to play Minnesota. Um, but they do have to go to Iowa. So, so yeah. So, at Iowa is their, is their big one. And then, obviously, home against Michigan State before Ohio State. Nebraska and Illinois are going to be, you know, awful games. So, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Could, couldn't Harbaugh take U of M to the college football playoff again, you think? I don't know, because it seems like the playoff wants Alabama and Georgia to make it. You know, if Ohio, Every State, if Ohio State beats Michigan, that puts their spot in. Yep. Then you can't forget about Clemson. You know, they yep. had a down year last year, but they could easily win the ACC. And then there's always that Cincinnati. There's always that Washington. There's always Notre Dame. There's always that Notre Dame. There's always that you know Michigan State team that might have a, a really good year, like like from the past. You know, um, I don't think Georgia goes again. I think Georgia. I don't know how you can lose that many players on defense and 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 be competitive. And I, I think Michigan's the same way. I think Michigan's offense. You know, we'll get into Michigan in a second. But yeah, no, U of M could have a really good season. If the cards fall right, if they don't choke at Iowa, um, that that'll be really interesting. Speaking of the University of Michigan, um, you know, talking about them first, I guess, since we were just talking about them, um, uh, they don't really have, well, they don't have any tough out of conference games. Honestly, it's a joke, like you said. Um, uh, they got to play Hawaii, and Hawaii just lost sixty-three to ten against Vanderbilt. So. I don't know what the line's going to be on that game, but I would assume. I think Alabama's favored by forty points this week, or like forty-one points. That's six touchdowns against whoever they're playing. Michigan could very well be favored that same amount against Hawaii. Um, Colorado State, I know nothing about, but I'm pretty sure they suck. Yep. And UConn, I didn't even know they had a football team. I just thought that they had basketball there. So, <laughs> so Maryland home against Maryland, I would think that's a win. I I, I don't. I think Maryland's offense could be good, but I, on defense, you know, they have an offensive head coach, Mike Loxley. Um, at Iowa, so Iowa has two of the best linebackers in the country. Their defense is always good. Um, that's going to be a really good game to watch. I hope it's at night, and I hope it's in prime time. It, I mean, both teams could be undefeated, so I wouldn't doubt it Like if it is. Playing at Iowa at night, on a Saturday night, that's a problem. Would you agree? Yeah, it's got upsets spelled all over it. Yeah. I, you know, looking at. I don't know if it'd be an upset. I don't know what that line would be at Iowa, um, it, like if they're both undefeated. I don't know anything about their offense, but I do know that Iowa's defense is going to be very, very good oh, yeah. against Michigan's offense. You know, talking Michigan, if I had to put their 
record into a prediction, yeah. I would say 10 and 2. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to lose to Ohio State. Yep. And I think they could slip up against MSU or Iowa. Yep. But very well, easily, they could be undefeated going into the last game of the year. Yep. Um, and, and, and that might be a bloodbath. That that is, I, I don't see them beating Ohio State. I think with beating them last year and, you know, going to Ohio State this year, it's different down there. Like, football is different at Ohio State. Like, they take that stuff personally. I don't think Michigan's built that way. I just think that they had a great defense last year. They had a good offense. Um, U of M's offense, though, you know, players to watch out for um, – like their offense is elite. You know, their offensive line won like the best offensive line award last year. I forget the name of the award, but I think it might be called the Thorpe award. Um, and like all those guys are back. Um, they have one of the best tight ends in Eric all their wide receivers. Ronnie Bell's back. Yeah, he's back. A- Andrew Anthony's back. Mike Sanders still Blake Corum. Blake Corum. You got Donovan Edwards as well, who I think could be a Heisman contender in the next year or two. Um, and then, what it's going to come down to is 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 quarterback is, you know, like what are your thoughts on the whole quarterback thing? Because Harbaugh um, had a presser yesterday and said that you know, like we're gonna like try each guy out. Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy. You know, you got the, you know, uh, five star and McCarthy. You got Cade McNamara who took him to a Big Ten championship last year. You know, what are your thoughts on the quarterback issues there in, in Ann Arbor? So he said the plan week one is Cade against. Colorado State, okay, that's like a high school team. And then week two, play JJ against Hawaii. That's even worse than a high school team. So what does that prove? One one of them puts up 60, one of them puts up 50. There's, It's going to be the same as last year. He's going to play both quarterbacks. And you know, Yeah, but the thing is, last year is, is Cade played 80 to 90% of the time. And when JJ came in, you know, like were you at the Michigan State game last year? I was not, Okay. Loved what I saw out of yeah. JJ. So, like that's that that that's the problem, and that's the point I make is is, you know, I don't think JJ McCarthy fumbles that uh, handoff to Quorum had he been the starter all year, and and, and and they had that cohesiveness. When you bring somebody off the bench and do a play like that, like it's a recipe for disaster. And I, I like what Marcus Freeman and Mel Tucker did in saying. Our QB one is Peyton Thorne. Our QB one is Tyler Buckner because then yeah. your offensive lines, your backs, your skill players know who their starter is, and they can build that cohesiveness. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think you're afraid to make a mistake if you know Cade, one bad pass, and he's like, "Oh, JJ's." I'm going to lose the spot. There. I'm going to lose the spot. You're playing nervous. Yeah, if he throws a pick, like what happens? So is is if Cade gets the job, and you know he, you know, it's week four against Maryland, and he throws a pick. Okay, is it he's hooked and uh, here comes JJ? I mean, to me, if you have a quarterback that took you to a Big Ten championship, won it, took you to a playoff, won it, you stick with that guy. And if JJ McCarthy walks, okay, bye. You know, Joe Burrow left Ohio State. Um, Justin Fields left Georgia. Um, you know, Kelly Bryant left Clemson. Uh, Caleb Williams left Oklahoma. Got, I mean, are you telling me Michigan's not going to get another five-star quarterback when Cade McNamara leaves? Like, I, I, I don't get the whole fascination with J.J. McCarthy. You know, I don't understand it. I agree. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I would play Cade. But All at day. the same time, if they played J.J., I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was had a breakout season. You know, he can run. He can use his legs. He's a good passer. He's a good athlete. He's flashy, which could, you know, bite him in the ass. But 
I mean, to me, it's I like both quarterbacks, but for me, I would rather go with the guy that I know can do the job and is proven, opposed to somebody that has a, a, a shit ton of talent. But for me, it's more so Michigan's offense is built for like they can be as good, in my opinion, like they could be as good as Ohio State if 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 Cade plays because they have all the pieces around him. I agree. Um, so it'll be really. I'm really curious to see what Harbaugh does. Um, it sounds like he's, you know, he's playing the political fence, and we'll see what happens. Um, so let's move down the road to East Lansing, 60 miles up the road. Um, Michigan State's very interesting this year um, with their offense losing Jalen Naylor and Kenneth Walker, obviously, but adding Mel Tucker went to the transfer portal and got guys like usual. You know, he got Jalen Berger, he got Caleb Broussard, he um, – Jaden Reed's back. Keon Coleman looks like he's going to be a boss. Um, uh, Trey Mosley's back. You know, Malik Carr's back. Like they, ha- what question marks do you see for Michigan State? And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that. My biggest thing is the offensive line. It they lose most of their experience. They're going to be thin this year, and without a, you know. Heisman caliber running back behind you, how does how does the run game hold up? How does that affect the passing game? Does Peyton Thorne, you know, does he have a downgrade season this year because he doesn't have the defense scared about Kenneth Walker every play? You know, so if the offensive line can hold up, allow our running backs to get some holes and, you know, protect Peyton Thorne, allow him to hit these stud receivers that you just mentioned. Yeah. That really is what's going to decide the season. I mean, 100%. And I, I think what a lot of Michigan State fans, because, I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan, one, and Michigan State, two. Like, that's one and two. I don't think I don't think Michigan State fans realize how amazing Kenneth Walker was last year when it comes down to making chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, he the offensive line was terrible last year, and he ran for 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns. Like, I mean, he, he just he made them look so good when they were so bad. And when you don't have a player like that, um, you need players to step up. And I think that, you know, they have a lot of depth um, at wide receiver. You got Montori Foster is another one. I think Keon Coleman is a physical specimen. Uh, I think he could be really good. I'm really curious to see what they do with the running backs because nobody talks about, um, I mean, I think they have five. I think that, um, uh, Elijah Collins, I think that uh, Jordan Simmons, nobody talks about Harold Joyner. Harold Joyner is a really good back, and it could be Kenneth Walker by committee of five backs this year, which is fine. I mean, uh, it scares me because Kenneth Walker was the reason they beat Michigan last year. He was the sole reason they won, you know, five touchdowns. Um, He was an electric back. How how, how do they replace him? On defense, the bright spot is you can't be much worse. No. Mel T- Tucker said that himself. You can only go up from here. Yeah. You know, worst defensive back group in the country, pretty much. Which is nuts. You know, you bring in a few transfers. Mm-hmm. So how do we get better? Yep. That's all it comes down to. You got Xavier Henderson back. Um, Amir Speed's going to be interesting. The transfer, I want to say, he's from Georgia. Um, uh, you got Gross back. Um, I, I really like Cal Halliday. Um, you brought in Chris Bogle. I think he's from Florida. Um, Slade's back. 
I think their defense could be, I mean, I hope it's better than last year. Um, like your thoughts on, on their defense. You know, I don't know what to think about. I mean, like we said, most of them's transfers. You bring a few guys back, but I mean, that was our downfall last season. I mean, we got embarrassed by Ohio State. We couldn't stop Purdue, which made their quarterback look like a god when really he's very mediocre in my opinion. Yeah. So the defense if I want to see if the defense can step it up. I want to see the no fly zone again. I know that's a lot to ask for, but Michigan State is usually built on their defense. And in order to compete with Ohio State, we need that defense back. One thing we didn't talk about with like State and Michigan is so much in the Big Ten and not so much in the SEC, really. Maybe in like big games in the SEC, definitely not in the Big 12, not in the ACC or Pac-12 is kicking, is place kicking, is especially at Notre Dame in their games. Do you have a good place kicker? Because so many Big Ten games, and sometimes in the SEC, it comes down to, you know, like the final kick. Um, uh, you know, I think about kick six and Bama and Auburn. You think about the Michigan-Ohio State game a few years ago when their kicker missed, you know, several field goals. You think about... Um, you know, Notre Dame, USC, several years where it came down to a final kick. Um, Jake Moody from Northville here in Michigan um, is the best kicker in the country, and yep. he's on Michigan. Um, what scares me about Michigan State is, and it might sound weird, uh, but is the kicking situation with Matt Coughlin's gone, and they just brought in a transfer kicker from Auburn. A I don't, week ago. yeah, I yeah. don't know his name. What, you know his name? I don't know his name. Um, but. That scares me at the last minute they're bringing in a transfer kicker. That tells me that whoever they have on the depth chart right now as a kicker sucks. One and of the guys we brought in was one of the top-rated kicking recruits in the country, and then you find out he kicked three field goals all of his senior season of high school. That, sca that scares me. So the kicking situation is, is again, it might sound weird, um, but – in the Big Ten, that matters. In the Big Ten, it comes down to, you know, you're in 17, 14 games. You're in 21, 20 games. You're in close games, and it comes down to place kicking. And Jake Moody last year against Michigan State, I want to say he had, like, four field goals. And, what mm -hmm. like, what if he misses those four field goals? I yeah. mean, it wasn't even a game. So that's something to watch out for for me is on Michigan State is their place kicker because U of M has a uh, – he might even be drafted – a really good place kicker, Michigan State – not so much, and that might be a factor in the season. What um, kind of record are you looking at for MSU? I think their ceiling is. Um, I think their ceiling is ten and two. I think their floor is eight and four. I think if they go seven and five, I think Michigan State fans should be up in arms. Um, I think if they go eight and four, I wouldn't be mad, but I wouldn't be happy. I would think that. Mel Tucker didn't win any big games because if you're going eight and four, you're losing to Ohio State, you're losing to Michigan, you're losing to Penn State, and probably either Wisconsin or Minnesota or Washington. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not winning the big games. Um, if they're nine and three, okay, but if they're ten and two, what were they? Uh, uh, ten and two last year, right? Yes. So if they're ten and two again, I mean that's great. That means you're winning big games. You're beating Washington. You're beating either a Wisconsin or a Michigan or a Penn State. You know, you know, chalk up a loss to Ohio State again, but just compete. You know, if Michigan State competes against Ohio State, and um, man, I would, I would not be happy if they lost to Michigan. I mean, I just think that that's the standard that Michigan State set. Uh, they 
they've beaten Michigan almost every year for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Um, you know, like losing a handful of times, uh, you got to beat Wisconsin at home. You, uh, have to go, you have to go to Penn state and win there. Um, so for me, if they go 10 and two, that like, that's a great season. If they go eight and four or nine and three, it's ho-hum. If they're seven and five and don't win any of these big games, I'm upset. How about you? I'm thinking 10 and two this year. I, it's a, I could already chalk it up as a loss to Ohio state, you know, Washington, we're better than Washington. We're better than Minnesota. We're better than Wisconsin. And I think we're better than Michigan and Penn State. But, you know, it's a tough schedule. You think you're better than Michigan? I think we're better than Michigan. It's at Michigan this year, but... Why do you think you're, Why do you think Michigan State's better than Michigan? We always just step up to the plate against Michigan. Michigan, they act like the game doesn't matter. And, you know, it's the biggest game of the year for us. Mm-hmm. They're our biggest rival, and we always know how to game plan. And Mel Tucker seems to know. He has Jim Harbaugh's number. He's 2-0 against them. He was a 24-point favorite during the COVID, or underdog during the COVID year, and beats Michigan in the big house. For me, it's your secondary against that offense. And your front seven, I think, is really good. I think your front seven can be really good if they're healthy. That secondary is going to be, if if there's... like their their tight end against your secondary is gonna be could be ugly because he's really good and he's a hell of a lot bigger. Um, you know, does Xavier Henderson step up? Does Amir Speed step up? Does Darius Snow step up? Like those guys against you know the Ronnie Bells and the Sanderstills and the Anthony's and um, you know Donovan Edwards coming out of the backfield. Like that's gonna be interesting. Um, I agree. I think the defense definitely needs to step up because I don't know, can we score 37 points again without Kenneth Walker against Michigan? I mean, we'll find out. I, I, I don't see that happening, but again, um, you got a returning quarterback that's good. Yep. Um, can be really good. Uh, you know, he has the wideouts, he has the backs, you know, like you said, like, do they have the offensive line to support him? And that's going to be the deciding factor. Um, let's talk about Notre Dame for a little bit. And I know you don't know a lot about Notre Dame. I know everything about Notre Dame. Um, like, did you have a chance to look at their schedule? I did. Okay. Um, you know, so we're like, we open up the season this weekend against Ohio state and Columbus, which I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I, I love the fact that Notre Dame, um, continues to play a tough schedule, you know, especially, well, they're not in a conference, but, you know, playing teams like Ohio state, Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, um, you know, on the schedule coming up here, uh, Michigan State in, in three years, you know, play, continuing to play really tough schedules. Um, uh, real quick, they're, um, I think they're overrated. I think a number five, I think that's, I don't think, as a Notre Dame diehard, I think that's not right. Um, totally agree. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, when you lose a, you're winning as quarterback of all time in Ian Book, um, when you lose your best running back in Kyron Williams, um, the Kyle Hamilton thing doesn't bother me that much because Kyle Hamilton didn't play the last five or six games of the year. And we replaced him with an all American safety from Northwestern, who's one of the best defensive backs in the country last year and Brandon Joseph. So I'm not saying that's a, you know, you lose an all American and you bring one in. I don't, I don't know if Brandon Joseph's is as good as Kyle Hamilton, but that doesn't really, you know, uh, you guys lost Kenneth Walker and you're replacing him with, 
you know, guys that you have no idea. We know what we're getting in Brandon Joseph's. Yep. Like, would you agree with that? I would agree. So one thing that I would say about Notre Dame is this, is they're healthy. And we have, I think, the best front seven in the country, maybe second to Clemson. I think our four linebackers are very good. I think we have one of the best defensive players in the country in Isaiah Foskey, who uh, is going to go in the top 10 in the NFL draft. He's an animal. He's very similar to, uh, he's very similar to Manti Teo in 2012. He's, he's a leader. He's a captain. He's all over the field. He's making plays. Um, our defensive line is one of the best in the country, and I love our defensive backs. Seeing our defense against that Ohio State offense is going to be very interesting. What do you think about the spread for that Ohio State game, 17 points? I mean, I would take Notre Dame plus 17 and a half, um, not because I'm a fan, just because I, I think that, you know, you look at the coaching staff too. You know, Marcus Freeman played at Ohio State. James Laurinaitis, our linebackers coach, played at Ohio State. Um, both of them recruited the state of Ohio for several years now because Marcus was at Cincinnati. Um, uh, I just don't see it being a 17-point game, but also – I didn't see Michigan State giving up 49 points to Ohio State last year. And, yep. I mean, I think Ohio State's offense this year. I mean, do you think Ohio State's offense this year is better than last year? I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, you got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. You sub them out with Njigba and, you know, Marvin Harrison. And they lost their tight end. You know, he, he's in the NFL now. You know, Stroud's another year. Uh, he's another year older. You know, Travion Henderson is another – I mean, animal. They got their offensive tackles back, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, what I'll say about our offense is this: is we have a new quarterback. Is you know, uh, he hasn't played much, but his first true game as a starter is in Columbus. I mean, I can't think of a more hostile environment. Like maybe LSU at night, maybe Penn State at night. I don't know of more bad environments. Um, our our offensive line is elite. Our starting tight end is a top 10 draft pick, top 15 draft pick. Um, but we have zero wide receivers. Um, Michigan State is loaded at wide receiver. Michigan is loaded. Ohio State is loaded. We have zero. Um, you know, our best wide receiver might be a true freshman that nobody thought that would play. And, you know, Tobias Merriweather is his name, might be our best wide receiver. So, that's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they incorporate our tight end, Michael Mayer, our, our running backs, how we control the playcock. The expectations against Ohio State are pretty low, but as far as record-wise, like, did you have a record prediction for Notre Dame? I did, and the schedule does not help Notre Dame. I think they're going to go 9-3. and three. I see them losing week one to Ohio State. I see them losing to Clemson, and I see them ending the season with a loss to USC. Other than that, they should win all these games by a lot of points. So, I would be happy with nine and three. Honestly, um, I think we'll go ten and two, maybe eleven and one. I think we drop to Ohio State. Um, we got you know cupcakes against Marshall and Cal. At North Carolina could be interesting. Um, their quarterback looked good the other day. I forget his name, but they played on Saturday. He looked pretty good. Um, I that 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 game kind of scares me. Um, the neutral game against BYU in Vegas, that could be interesting. I think BYU can be really good. Rivalry against Stanford, I don't think I, – I think we'll beat Stanford like we have them at home. UNLV is a joke. Syracuse is a joke. Home against Clemson is interesting. Um, 
their front seven is very, very good. Yep. Uh, their quarterback, if it's DJ. It's question mark. Yep. Uh, I don't know about Clemson. I mean, I I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see. They lost both coordinators. Um, uh, Trevor's gone. Travis is gone. Um, their wideouts are gone. But again, Clemson's one of those teams, too, that seems to like always reload. Oh, yeah. Um, and honestly, their only downfall last year was that quarterback. Yeah. And they have a five-star who's backing up. Like, they have Cade, Cade Klubnik is his name that is backing up DJ. So, um, I can't see DJ having another bad year like last year. If he does, that'll be shocking to me. But the, but they have depth there. The at USC thing doesn't scare me. It really doesn't. I don't. I think that Lincoln Riley is going to be a problem next year and the year after. I think that he still has a lot of problems. Their defense is not good at all. Um, they have playmakers on offense. You know, you're recruiting Los Angeles. Hopefully, you have playmakers on offense. Um, He's got a lot of transfers, new coaching staff. But what scares me about the USC game kind of is it's the last game. Yep. Um, you know, playing a team in the last game of the season, you're getting their best, and but they're also getting our best. So if Notre Dame's 9-3, I'm happy. If they're 10-2, I'm ecstatic. Um, if they're 11-1 in the college football playoff with Ohio State and, uh, you know, a couple other teams. And we'll get into our college football playoff predictions. So. Real quick, like when you're talking about the coaching, uh, like the head coaches, when we're comparing Michigan, Michigan State, and Notre Dame, when you're thinking about recruiting, when you're thinking about uh, charisma, when you're thinking about um, uh, future, uh, you know, how would you rank, you know, Mel Tucker and Marcus Freeman and Jim Harbaugh from one to three as far as best to worst, one to three? If I'm going to do it for the future, I would put. Marcus Freeman, one. Mel Tugger, two. Jim Harbaugh, three. Uh, Harbaugh is obviously last because he doesn't even want to be at Michigan. Yep. There is no future at Michigan. Tucker, I would put two. I mean, we have a long commitment to him. He's, you know, building a great program. Yeah. And But Freeman, he's at Notre Dame. Everyone wants to play at Notre Dame. He's going to get the top recruits. He's a young, exciting coach. You know, he de- can develop these guys well and I just see him having the most success in the future. One thing I'll say about Mel Tucker that I've been impressed with is, is Mark D'Antonio was never in the running for Mark D'Antonio was a really good coach. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of the best coaches ever at Michigan state, maybe the best. Um, but he was never in the running for big players for top recruits. He was always getting three stars and four stars and developing them. And Mel Tucker is getting five stars on campus. Mel Tucker is getting running backs, getting linemen, getting defensive linemen, bringing in coaches that can recruit. Um, he's doing different things. You know, he's posing at midfield with Lamborghinis with a gold <laughs> chain on and dogs and stuff. You yeah. know, he's doing – he's appealing to the, you know, to the youth. And um, both him and Marcus are doing that. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh seems to be stuck um, just because he's an old-school coach. But, you know, what he has in his back pocket is he has that M. He has that brand. You know, U of M is a brand. Um and they're they're always going to get players, but I would agree. I, I think recruits are figuring it out, though. He doesn't want to be there. They I know he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that you know, just look at his coaching staffs. It's always a constant turnover. I think that they even know the same thing. Yep. Um, I would agree. I think Marcus Freeman and Mel Tucker are one A and one B. I, I don't think there's much difference. I think Marcus is at Notre Dame. I think it's a better brand. I think it's, uh, you know, Notre Dame is a much bigger football program than Michigan State is, but. 
Mel Tucker is doing big things there. He's getting kids on campus. He's he, he's in the graphic when kids are announcing their final four or five schools, which is huge. Um, we're going to wrap up episode one of season three with around the NCAA. We're going to be talking about Power Five championship game predictions, which teams will be in the Power Five championship games and who's going to win those games. We're going to break down the college football playoff and our predictions for the final four at the end of the year. We're going to be talking about who's going to be in New York City for the Heisman Trophy presentation and guys that are long shots that have the chance to be there. And wrapping it up with our week one top five football games, our predictions for those games, and who we think is going to, who we think is going to prevail. So we'll start with the Big 12, Power Five Championship games. Big 12, you have, you know, like big names like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor. Um, who am I missing? Uh, Texas. Texas. Um, who do you have going to the Big 12 championship game and who do you think is going to win? I have Oklahoma and I have Baylor. You know, Oklahoma's new head coach. They got Clemson's defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a defensive guru. Yep. Transfer QB, Dylan Gabriel. From, uh, wasn't he at UCF or UCF? Yep, yep. yep. And his offensive coordinator joined the Sooners. You know, Baylor's always got a good defense. Expect big things. Hang on a second. Like, that could be a sneaky, that could be a sneaky good point. I had no idea that. So they got Dylan Gabriel and their OC? Yep, both of them. With current, I mean, you know, like the Sooners always have, they're like Michigan. They're like, you know, USC. They always have talent at wide out. That could be a sneaky good take right there. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. And then Bailey's going to rely on their defense. And yeah. They'll make the championship, but I think Oklahoma wins. Yeah. You? For me, it's Oklahoma and Texas. I, I, I think Texas could have a really good year. Um, Sark brought in a lot of coaches from Bama. Sark, you know, they have... I, I think it's Quinn Evers. It's either Quinn Evers or Ewers. I don't know how to say his last name, but um, like they have the guy there. They have Bijan Robinson. They have the wideouts. I mean, Texas gets guys. I mean, if if Sark can't win with this team, I don't know. I I, I don't know what's up with it. But um, I would say the Sooners and Texas, and I don't mind the Baylor pick either. But um, it's going to be interesting to see who is there at the end of the year in the Big 12. Um, let's talk about the SEC. There's always the normal teams. There's always the Bamas and the Georgias. You know, can LSU shock teams this year? Um, what about Tennessee? What about Texas A&M? What about Shane Beamer in South Carolina? Um, uh, what about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss? You know, these, like the SEC is stacked with, what about Arkansas? Um you know, like the SEC is stacked with talent, obviously, with coaching, um, but a brutal schedule. Uh, who do you have coming out of the SEC? Obviously, the SEC is really tough, but I think, same as last year, Alabama, Georgia. I yep. think Bama's going to win. Georgia, you know, they have they have good players still, but there is a lot of revamping on that team. Yep. They have an easy schedule they should probably easily make the SEC championship, but is it enough to win that SEC championship and then make the playoff? I don't think so. There's always that slip up, right? Like, like Bama lost to Texas A&M last year and they shouldn't have, you know, Georgia has got to play Florida. They have to play South Carolina. They have to play Tennessee. Um, they have to play Oregon. 
they had to play Oregon to start the year. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, with like when you lose six guys on defense, six starters, um, it's hard to replace that. Yeah, they're Georgia. Yeah, they're deep. They get recruits. But how do you, you know, how do you replace that? When we're talking about Bama, I think they have two of the best players in the country. Um, I don't see them losing. I think that Texas A&M game, I would not be surprised if they win by 30. I think that their players are going to ball out in that game. I think that it's personal. Um, Arkansas could be scary. You know, the Auburn game is always testy. doesn't matter how – it's like Michigan-Michigan State. doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It's always going to be a battle. Um, I'll be curious to see what Saban does against Brian Kelly and LSU. Um, does Brian Kelly translate down there? Does he – he's a winner. Can he bring that mentality to the SEC? I don't know. I would agree with your Bama-Georgia take, but I think that Georgia, you know, is vulnerable. I think Georgia, you know, like when you're replacing those guys on D – that could be interesting. So we'll see what happens in the SEC. But I would agree that it's Bama, Georgia, and I got Bama coming out of the SEC. I don't. I. They could have three years ago. They the. Um, the Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs draft with Mac Jones. It might have been two years ago. Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, um, Henry Ruggs, the linemen. Um, they had a defensive back take, and they had six guys go in the like in the first round of the NFL draft, which was unheard of. Alabama could have six guys taken in the top fifteen of the draft this year. Yep. So, I think Bama is by far the best team in the country. Um, they got playmakers on both sides. So, I have Bama coming out of the SEC. Let's talk about the ACC, um, which is uh, a very boring conference. Um, I think that it's it, it's dwindling down. It'll be interesting to see who comes out of the coastal and the Atlantic. In the Atlantic, you got Florida State, Boston College, Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina State, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. Wake Forest just lost their quarterback. Who do you have coming out of the ACC Atlantic? I would assume it's either yeah, is it's it Clemson? Definitely Clemson. Okay, and in the coastal, North Carolina, Duke, Georgia Tech, Miami of Florida, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Vatech. Um, who do you have coming out of Coastal? I have Miami. So you got Clemson, Miami, and the ACC Championship. Mario Cristobal in Miami. You had um, He's recruiting his butt off. Um, he's from Miami. He, I want to say he went to Miami. Uh, I, he did Miami. Yeah, hometown um, hero. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you there. Um, I think Miami for sure. I think – I don't think it's going to be Clemson. I, I think Indiana State – just based on a uh, really good coach, Dave Dorn, um, returning players. They have 21 or 22 starters coming back. I think North Carolina State, this could be the Pittsburgh of last year. Pittsburgh won the ACC last year. I think NC State could pull off the upset, but you know Clemson's right there too. They got one of the best defenses in the country. They got Brian Brzee, who's going to be a top five draft pick. Um, they have the athletes. Um, I think replacing coordinators is tough, so we'll see what happens, but I don't I don't disagree with the Clemson-Miami take, but watch out for North Carolina State. They have to go to Clemson this year, by the way. Yeah, which, that's fine. I, I Again, that's that's not that big of a deal to me, but we'll see what happens. They have, like, when you have veteran players, it, it, it's different, you know. You know, Notre Dame scares me. They have a rookie quarterback going into Columbus. That scares me. If Ian Book was their quarterback, I wouldn't be as scared because, like, when you have that veteran leadership, those guys that have been in big games – it's different. Um, 
Let's talk about the Pac-12. Pac-12 South, you got Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, and Utah. Um, you and I just talked about this a minute ago. Pac-12 South, I mean, I think it comes down to USC, Utah, right? Yep, and I think it's USC. I think their offense is going to be really electric, and yeah. I, you know, I think they're going to win the whole conference, honestly. I think they're yeah. going to play Oregon. You know, Oregon's got Bo Nix at quarterback now. Yeah. Return a lot of starters on defense. But that USC offense, I think, is going to be dangerous, and I'm excited to see them. I disagree. I think Utah is – like, Utah is mean. Utah is a Big Ten team. Utah is mean. They're veteran. They're strong on defense. They're big. They're nasty. Um, you know, USC seems to be like, um, you know, that finesse team, like the, like the playmakers, the fancy players. Utah is going to blow you up and come at you all game long. I have Utah coming out of the South. When we're talking about the North, I mean, it's pretty weak. You know, you got Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, and then Oregon. Um, it's pretty obvious that Oregon is probably the strongest and deepest team in that uh, division. But, like, what are your thoughts of the North? Yeah, I think it's got to be Oregon. I don't see how any team, you know, takes over there. It's just it's just a week. Pac-12 as a whole is weak. There's only two, three good teams in the whole Pac-12. So, you know, does the you know like the North in the past, you know, the Stanfords, the Andrew Lux, and the uh, Christian McCaffreys, those years, and when Washington had the Jake Lockers, and um, you know the strong players at Washington, you just don't see that anymore. You know, um, it just seems like the North is really depleted. Oregon with the new coach Dan Lanning from from Georgia. Um, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, the North division, I don't even think Oregon's that good, to be honest with you. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think the two top teams in the conference for sure are obviously Utah and USC and they're in the same division. So that's going to be a battle. Um, and the conference is just falling apart. No recruits want to go there. No nope. USC, UCLA, they're joining the big 10 more to come. Yep. Oregon, Washington are rumored. Stanford's rumored. Um, Arizona and Arizona State, we're talking about going to the Big 12. It, it seems to be like that conference is is going to be not around in the next couple of years. I agree. Wrapping up the Big or the Power 5 conference predictions um, with the Big 10, our hometown teams here. You know, you have the Big 10 East, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, the, the hardest division for sure in the Big 10 with the Big Four, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. Might be the hardest division in the country. Could be. The SEC West is tough, too. But, yeah, the yeah, yes, absolutely. Who do you have coming out of the Big Ten East? Well, I want, I want to say Michigan State, but it's Ohio State. They're yeah. going undefeated this year. I would agree. I don't think anybody – I mean, you know, if they're not healthy, if they just – I don't even see a scenario where they can't – win the Big Ten East because, you know, I just don't see it. I, I don't see Michigan beating them at all. I think that that's going to be uh, – could be a repeat of, I think, 2017 or 18 when they won like 62-39 when they put up 60 on them. Um, I, I, I could see that. Um, so I, I agree with you. Ohio State is just the best team in the conference, maybe the best team in the country. The Big Ten West, I wanted to ask you about this because – you take away Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern. You're left with Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, and Wisconsin, who those four teams are pretty damn good. And 
I think the Big Ten West is going to be really interesting to watch because those four teams, I think, are all decent. What about- I agree. I would agree. I would say Purdue is not going to be as good as last year, but Minnesota's going to be good. Iowa's going to be good. And Wisconsin, you know, that defense I think is great. The offense is good enough to get the job done. Yep. And that's who I have coming out of the West. You have Wisconsin coming out of the West? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I will learn a lot on Thursday night with Purdue and Penn State. Um, gosh, I mean, I don't know who comes out of the West. I, I, I think that's, I mean, I don't think it matters. I think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten regardless. Yep, for sure. But those four teams are really intriguing to me because they all have promise. Um, they could all possibly go 10 and not all of them but one of them could go 10 and 2 and they could also go 8 and 4 you know kind of like the Michigan State situation you don't know what's going to happen but like the Big Ten West is definitely something that I'm going to be watching throughout the year because there's four teams there that could be pretty darn good and like could like could give each other fits and and it, it could be really tight question for you about the Big Ten West do you think Nebraska has a chance you know they looked decent until they decide to kick an onside kick. A chance of what? The Big Ten West. They're not going to win the conference, but Big Ten West, they're going to beat each other up this year. Think they got a chance? Are you serious? They're looking at me crazy. Think they got a chance? I I don't know if you're just being sarcastic, bro. (laughs) No, they do not have a chance with Scott Frost. No. Um, When you're up by 11 points and you do an onside kick, and Scott Frost, no. Nebraska, no. Is he here in week six? Scott Frost? I, I don't think Scott Frost will be coaching Nebraska Cornhuskers at the end of the year. It may even be during the year, but no. Scott Frost is not the answer in Nebraska. They know that. They gave it a shot. I didn't mind the hire, but he's just not – he's not doing anything in Nebraska. Um, uh, no. I, I didn't know if you were serious or not with that question. But um, when we're talking about the college football playoff, the Final Four, um, this is interesting because it, it, it honestly comes down to um, – where games fall, you know, where, you know, if you lose a game in week one, you have a much better chance of making the playoff. If you lose a game in week 12 or 13, and it's going to be interesting to see where the rankings fall. Um, I think it works in Notre Dame's benefit that they play Ohio state week one, because if they lose, you know, they could still run the slate and be in the playoff. If Michigan's 11 and zero, and they play Ohio state in week 13 or 12 or 13 or 14 or whatever it is that could hurt them, you know? So where you play teams matters. I don't think that makes sense, but that's just reality. Um, So when we're talking about the college football playoff, what, what teams do you have possibly making the final four? All right. For number one, Ohio state, number two, Clemson, number three, Bama and four USC, all conference winners. And I think, you know, you're looking at me, USC. I don't understand your fascination. I think USC, you know, might run the table this year in the regular season. Honestly, the schedule is not tough. They have an explosive offense. I'm excited to see USC and I'm excited to see what happens. I don't get your USC fascination. I think, I don't even think a Pac-12 team will be in the football playoff. Well, the only way a Pac-12 team makes it, they go undefeated. Absolutely. And I don't see USC going undefeated at all. But I do see, games. I, I I I do see them losing to Utah, but I don't think Utah makes it. I just don't see the USC right now. I think Lincoln Lincoln Riley is going to be a problem in the next couple of years. I I I think it's Pete Carroll part two. Honestly, 
I just don't see it right now. Um, for me, I have Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. I have the top four teams. Um, reason being is I think that nobody comes close to their talent level, their coaching. I, I think there's a big drop-off from the top four teams to the next you know, 20. I don't even think it's close. I think if there was teams that could make waves – you know, and, and, and be that Cincinnati, you know, be that Washington or Michigan State or, um, uh, you know, Notre Dame who could get in that Final Four. Baylor could be up there. Um, North Carolina State could go up there. Um, Utah could go up there. But I don't think Notre Dame's there. I don't think Michigan's there. Um, uh, I don't think Oregon's there or, or Oklahoma. I, I, I just think the top four teams are – just that good. And if one lost Georgia to Alabama is there and Alabama's undefeated, they're both in. I see Ohio State running the table. They're in. They could be the number one seed. And, you know, you know, Clemson, but they gotta play Notre Dame and NC State, man. And that's that's tough. So maybe a Utah or a Baylor could slide in there. So um, like do you have any like long shot teams that might sneak in or any teams that you could see if they won these two big games? For me, like, like for me, for that, it's NC State and Utah. I, I think NC State, that's a schedule right there that they could run the table, and if they win the ACC, they're in. If they're undefeated, they win the ACC, they're in. If they beat Clemson. Um, and Baylor is that is that team for me. If they beat Texas, if they beat Oklahoma, if they win their games they're supposed to, I mean, they're in. They're undefeated, they're in. Like, do you have any teams that you could see popping out at you, like saying, ooh, if they... If they win those games. Well, if USC doesn't count in that category, I would agree with you on Baylor. I have them in my Big yeah. 12 championship. Yeah. You know, if they could beat Oklahoma or whoever it ends up being, I could see them in the playoff. I wouldn't be surprised. Same here. Same here. Um, so as we're talking about the top four teams and along that comes with that, it's Heisman Trophy candidates. And, um, you know, there's there's a ton of Big Ten players that are in that discussion. You know, here locally, like we hear it all the time on radio. Um, obviously the SEC players as well. Um, I'll, I'll start it off. I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's so watered down in Columbus. I think that, you know, you got, you got guys like Travion Henderson and CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, where there's only going to be one of those players in Columbus, or, or there's only going to be one of those players in New York city. They're not going to have three offensive players from Ohio state in New York city. It's just not, you know, there, there's going to be one player that stands out. And for me, I just think it's going to be CJ Stroud. I, I think that Stroud has, has the weapons, has, um, you know, both what he can do in the air and on his feet. He's got the offensive line. I think that he's going to light it up this year. Um, for me, the two players from the same team is from Alabama, Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson's the number one draft pick in the NFL this year. Um, I think that, uh, he's an animal. I think he has something to prove. Um, he's taken this year personal, according to his his media days, uh, you know, um, media presentation when he was appearing in front of the press. He's going to be a problem. Um, those three players, Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Anderson, for me, are going to be there. Um, a possible long shot for me. Um, uh, I I I hate to say this, but 
either Tyler Van Dyke from Miami because I think that they got the weapons too and you know they don't they have an easy schedule. Um, I could definitely see that happening. And I hate USC, but Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC, I think with Lincoln Riley calling the plays he played for him last year, maybe even the year before he could probably put up numbers to be there too. But for me, it's, I think it's a three man race right now. You know, we'll, we'll do this halfway through the season and, and at the end of the season um, for me, it's Stroud, Will Anderson and Bryce Young. And then I think it, it falls off from there. Oh, well, what are your thoughts on the Heisman? I agree with you for the most part. I have CJ Stroud, who I think is going to win the whole thing. Honestly, he's passing to someone else I have on this list, Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not competing for catches with, Wilson and Olave, and honestly, he's going to be... He's wide receiver number one. Wide receiver one, yep. I think he's going to be the best receiver in the country, and I think um, CJ is going to be the top quarterback in the country. You know, I would expect a lot out of those two, and I expect them both to be there. I would say Bryce Young, for all the reasons you mentioned. Yep. Um, it's really hard to repeat, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times that's been done, but uh, I, I know it's not often. Um, and... Just talking about Will Anderson, you know, Charles Woodson, I think. Is Charles Woodson the only defensive player to win a Heisman? I think he is. Aiden was close last year. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't have been there, but, yeah, he was there. Um, I was there, and Kenneth Walker wasn't. Okay, okay. Um, But, yeah, no, uh, it's really hard for a defensive player to be there. I think Will Anderson will be, um, and Bryce Young to repeat. I mean, he he could. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Do you have any long shots? Do you have any guys that like caught your eye that like, Ooh, like if they, like they, they really could be there. Like nobody thought Aiden Hutchinson was going to be in in New York city. Like who is, who is your guy this year? With a big smile on my face, Peyton Thorne. He leads that Michigan state team to a big 10 championship. That means we're passing the ball. Well, him, Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, Trey Mosley broke some records last year at state. Why not break some more? You know what? Like, I'm cringing at that take right now, but if, if there was anyone from Michigan State, I could, like, I'd mess with Jaden Reed. Like, I, I could see Jaden Reed, you know, having a, ha- having a great year. He's a do-it-all guy. Kickoffs, um, punt returns. But, I mean, Peyton Thorne is definitely definitely a long shot. I don't even know what those odds are, but... Um, Plus, like, 25000 Yeah, I, I, at, at the least. Um, you know, he's not even on the top 50, but yeah, no, I, interesting, interesting take, um, uh, from a Michigan state Spartan slappy. Um, so when we're talking about one, like the top, top five games in week one and, in and wrapping up this episode, we have me and Mike highlighted the top five games just from a hype, from ranking, from just big environments. Um, there's top five games that we highlighted and we're starting off week one on Thursday night. Purdue is traveling. Oh no. Is Penn state? Penn, state Penn state's traveling to Purdue. to Purdue. Um, that game to me is very interesting. Um, I think Purdue pulls it off. I would not be surprised if, uh, if Purdue beats them double digits. I think that's a game that a lot of people are sleeping on. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that game? So Purdue home games, they always step it up. They beat Michigan State last year. They beat Ohio State a few years ago. But do they see it as beating a top five team? They're playing unranked Penn State. I think it's just another Big Ten game. They're 
they're not going to step it up. I think Purdue has a down year, and I think Penn State wins this one. Ooh, I don't. I, I, I think Penn State is going to – I, I think the Boilermakers can most definitely come out on top on this one. Um, uh, it's going to be a great game, though. Um, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Thursday night on Fox, 8 p.m., primetime. Hopefully Gus and uh, Joel Clatter on the call. We'll see what happens there. Um, to Oregon, Georgia. Um, this is former offensive coordinator Dan Lanning at Georgia from the team last year. Um, is the new head coach at Oregon. Uh, who do you think comes out on top, Ducks or Bulldogs, on, on this game? It's got to be Georgia. You know, Oregon could be good. New quarterback, new coach, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, I, Georgia. I, I totally agree. I, I think Georgia, I think this um, uh, this might a- actually get ugly. I think that uh, I think they're in way over their heads. Um, I would not be surprised if, uh, if, if, if Georgia just clocks them. If this is, you know, uh, you know, maybe a 20-point game, 25-point game, I would not be shocked. Um, I don't think Oregon is on Georgia's level at all, and I would be really shocked to see if, if they kept it close. Um, game number three, Cincinnati at Arkansas. We talked about Cincinnati earlier in our first segment. Um, they lost a lot of guys. Lots they, of they, turnover. They, yeah. So going to Arkansas and they're supposed to be a, a, like one of the top teams in the SEC. Sam Pittman is going to have them humming. Arkansas is favored by six. Um, Cincinnati's ranked 23rd, Arkansas 19. Who, who do you have winning this game? I think Arkansas wins and I expect them to cover, you know, mm-hmm. SEC, the talent is just so much better. You know, Cincinnati, they had a great team last year. Like you said, they did. They lost a lot of guys. They lost their quarterback. They lost their best player in Sauce Gardner. Arkansas um, quarterback, I can't think of his name, but he was really good last year. I I would not be surprised if Arkansas wins by double digits in this one, even though they're favored by six. Game number four, Utah at Florida. Utah is ranked in the top ten. Florida is not ranked. Um, Utah is favored at the Swamp by three. Who do you got coming out on this game? Utah. Florida, they have a good quarterback. They they mm-hmm. don't – it doesn't matter that it's a home game because no one goes. No one cares about Florida football anymore. Right now, yeah. Um, Utah is excited for the year. They're going to be good this year. They they have a lot of returning players. They're a top-10 team. I just expect Utah to win. I totally agree, and I I, I think Utah is going to win the Pac-12. I, I I think Utah is a problem. I think Utah is going to spank your 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 Trojans when they play them, and I would not be surprised if if Utah just shellacks them. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're more veteran. Florida has a, uh, a first year head coach in Billy Napier. They're just I, I think Florida is going to be good in the next three to five years, but Utah is just that really good team right now that it is built for success and i'm really excited to see what they do this year and game number five the biggest game of the weekend in my opinion um it, i mean it's a top five matchup you got number five notre dame traveling to columbus to take on number two ohio state the line right now is at 17 uh cheapest ticket is 250 bucks uh for nosebleeds and that you know just trumps every game by 50 with as far as I mean, like this is the biggest game. It's prime time, ABC. Uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit on the call. Game day is going to be there. Big noon kickoff is going to be in Columbus. This is obviously the biggest game of the. I mean, it's the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, it could be the biggest game of the year for both teams. 
Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? What do you think? I mean, do you think Notre Dame covers? Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Notre Dame's overrated. I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame's only number five, so they could have a top five matchup in Week One. I agree. They're. I. I, I agree. They're not number five. Hearing you say they're overrated, that that really pains me. But go ahead. <laughs> I think Ohio State wins. I wouldn't be surprised if they win by twenty plus. Man, gosh, I hope not. Yeah, Marcus Freeman's gonna be exciting. He just needs time. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I, you know, like I said earlier, I didn't, I didn't think Michigan State would give up forty nine in the first half to Ohio State last year. Yep. But Ohio State, that's what they do, and that scares the, that scares the crap out of me. Um, I know our defense is better than Michigan State's defense last year. I, I think we have a top five defense in the country. Um, my concern is our offense, and do we have enough firepower to keep up with Ohio State? You know. Ohio State lost to Oregon last year, 35-28. You know, they've lost to Vodtech in Oklahoma in week one in years past. My buddy made a great point. If you play Ohio State, you'd rather play them week one instead of week six or week 12. So I think that's in our favor. Um, I think we lose. I don't think we lose by 17, though. I don't – I, gosh, I hope we don't lose by 17. That, that's going to be really upsetting. Um, I think we lose by 10. I could see, uh, um, uh, you know – 35, 24, something like that. Um, I just don't see Ohio State putting up those numbers against our defense. I really don't. I mean, everyone on our defense is healthy. Um, I just don't see it. But what do I know? I, you know, but we'll see what happens. I just pray that I just pray that we compete, and I pray that um, uh, you know Notre Dame just does not get embarrassed because I give them a lot of credit for you know playing a really tough game in week one um but then again when you play tough games in week one you got to deal with the aftermath if you lose you know that could be your season so we'll see what happens would you say it has to be low scoring for notre dame to have a chance at winning what's low scoring 20s 27 24 less than that ohio state's putting up more than 20 points well so i mean i don't see ohio state putting up less than 35 on us um, and think your offense can put up 35 and compete. That's my worry. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's seven 30 on ABC on Saturday night. Um, so we'll see what happens. That's the top five games for us this weekend. And, and that wraps up episode one of season three of the Jock of all trades podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening and we will talk to you in the next week or two.